Well, I'm going to call that as an inappropriate question because I consider myself an honest and forthright man. Welcome to Proven Improbable, where we deliver mining insights and bullion sales in the form of physical delivery, offshore depositories, and private blockchain distributed ledger technology. Welcome to Proven Improbable. I'm your host, Maurice Jackson. Today, we will find out if we are at risk of losing our liberty to the coronavirus, along with buying opportunities for your investment portfolio. Joining us for a conversation is Mickey Fulp, the world-renowned mercenary geologist. Mr. Fulp, welcome to the show, sir. Thanks a lot, Maurice. My pleasure once again. Absolute delight to have you back on our program, sir. Mickey, you are the mercenary geologist, but you're equally regarded highly for your views on philosophy and politics. And every time we speak, my neurons expand. You and I have shared concerns regarding the erosion of liberty as the federal government and municipalities have been perniciously increasing their influence over the years, and in particular, in their response to the coronavirus. Sir, what concerns should we have regarding our liberties that many people are not considering due to the government's response to the coronavirus? Well, I think it really comes uh, from state and local governments right now. And, and rightly so, the state and local governments are responsible, ultimately, not the federal government, for instituting policies regarding what I prefer to call the Wuhan flu, but the, they are increasingly infringing on our basic freedoms as uh, expounded upon in the Bill of Rights to assemble peacefully, to move about freely, uh, the separation of church and state. You have uh, governments outlawing uh, people's right to congregate and practice their religion, uh, uh, confiscate property without due process. California now has emergency regulations that allow them to commandeer uh, private proper, property to set up uh, emergency hospitals, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, and then we've got all these euphemisms, uh, social distancing, self-isolation, shelter-in-place. Christ, I thought that's what... Uh, uh, your snowflake generation did when when they went to their parents' basement as a safe space. Um, quarantines, curfews, checkpoints, lockdowns, containment zones. And what I fear is uh, this will progress to some euphemism for martial law. Truly, truly concerning. Let's discuss the economic policy response. Are you as surprised on how much emphasis the Fed and Congress has placed on the economy rather than on providing supplies towards the hospitals and the true heroes, which are the healthcare workers that are making so many selfless sacrifices? Well, I think uh, this is a media government created economic recession in response to uh, a medical event. Uh, you know, there's a saying, never let a good crisis go to waste. And and the media and the government have instilled first fear, uh, then panic, then irrationality, now approaching hysteria. And that's not to belittle the impact of the Wuhan flu. But let's just step back and put this in perspective. 
So far, I think uh, as of Friday afternoon, March 27th, there are something around 95,000 confirmed cases in the U.S. and around 1,300 deaths. So do the math, that's about 1.4%. But that's the number of people been tested. That does not imply that's the number of people that have had the virus with no symptoms or mild symptoms, et cetera. These are the people that are extremely ill to begin with. Um, so here's the perspective, Maurice. According to the CDC, as of March 21st, so we'll have another report come out tomorrow. 2019-2020 flu season so far. 39 million cases. 400,000 hospitalizations. And 24,000 deaths. Uh, so, uh, you know, look at the numbers. Let's look at the numbers. I'm a bit of a numbers wonk. And, um you know, so let's just do a little thought experiment. We have 95,000 cases, but those are people that 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 are ill enough to get tested. Uh, and let's just suppose that those 95,000 cases are even upwards of 10 times that, with people walking around not even know they have it or they've got a cold because it is a virus very similar to the common cold. So uh, if we assume that 10 times that number actually have been exposed and have antibodies to the virus, then that's 950,000 cases right there. And then let's go back and do the math on that. And that give us, gives us uh, a mortality rate of about 0.1%, which is just about <laughs> the average of the common flu season that kills, on average, 36,000 Americans every flu season. Now, that's truly unfortunate for the victims and the families. But as you stated, if you if cooler heads prevail and you put it into perspective, because the opposite response from all the mainstream media is hysteria. And being alert is, by all means, we should be alert and be proactive in trying to prevent the spread of the disease. But you, you stated it uh, correctly, never waste a... a uh, what was it, a, a, a crisis? <laughs> Never let a good crisis go to waste. Uh, right. And so, you know, I'm going to say something fairly radical in today's environment. When it's all said and done, I think that this is going to be uh, a serious illness, a serious flu. I think we will develop a vaccine for it quicker than usual. Uh, and in retrospect, we will look back at this and say, well, was it as bad as the swine flu in 2009, 2010? Was it as bad as, I think, 86,000 people, if memory serves, were killed during that flu season? Uh, what's the ultimate outcome? Mm -hmm. um, and that remains to be seen, but that's, uh, that's my position right now, and I'm sticking to it. Let's, let's focus back on the uh, economic response here. Our currency is being inflated at an unprecedented rate in the past couple of weeks. What are your thoughts on the economic policy response and the potential ramifications? Well, uh, simply put, I think 
if the government, and I include the Federal Reserve as the fourth branch of the United States of America's government, creates $6 trillion on a keyboard to fend off economic recession slash depression, which is defined as deflation, then an inflating U.S. dollar must be the result. What about supply and demand, uh, just from a, from a U.S. and maybe a global perspective? Well, how do you see things occurring there on that landscape? Well, we have severe demand destruction. Look at the oil business right now. We have an oil price uh, <laughs> somewhere between twenty between twenty and twenty five dollars. Uh, it's about twenty two dollars as we speak, uh, and that's because of demand destruction. We're we're producing right now on on, on average twenty million barrels of oil worldwide. Uh, more than demand and simply uh, a wash in oil. So um, carry that on out. Uh, we will be at some point until supply goes away because of low prices, uh, uh, this demand destruction is going to lead to oversupply and, and falling prices. And that will lead to some buying opportunities potentially that we'll get to later on in this conversation. Let me ask you this. Is government rewarding bad behavior? And if so, how? Well, you can argue that. Let's look at this $2 trillion stimulus package, uh, which includes $75 million for the National Endowment for the Arts and $75 million for the Corporation for progressive broadcasting, what I like to refer to as, uh, $25 million for the Kennedy Center after it was remodeled a couple of years ago at a price of $250 million. Um, so lots of waste uh, there. Um, and and going on with that thought, it, it is, that bill is rewarding uh, bad behavior because uh, uh, it's giving $1,200 to every American that earns less than $100,000 a year. Uh, uh, just going to write them a check and or probably deposit in your bank account. I don't think they write checks anymore for those, those sorts of things. Uh, uh, not only uh, your state unemployment benefits, and this certainly has severely affected uh, a portion of the uh, people in this country uh, who cannot afford because they, they've never saved. But uh, in addition to a usual state uh, where you're able to collect unemployment for a period of, of six months, some portion of that, uh, they've extended unemployment benefits at 100% uh, for another four months and in New Mexico, and I don't even, and I'm not sure if other states or not, you don't even have to look for a job during that period of time. So the idea that people who do not accumulate nest eggs, who uh, are deeply in debt, who live hand to mouth from paycheck to paycheck, 
they're certainly going to be uh, adversely affected. But here comes Uncle Sam in with all these uh, reasons not to work. So someone gets unemployment for six months and they've got another four months of unemployment at their full wage. What incentive do they have to go back to work? <laughs> Which leads to my next question. <laughs> Once citizens receive their first stimulus payments for not working, what are the chances of more checks and increased amounts on the horizon by the government? Well, I think everybody has already said in government that this this is a start. So uh, this two trillion plus the four trillion the Fed's created on a keyboard, uh, uh, there'll be another bailout package or there'll be another stimulus package or whatever euphemism they choose to call it. So uh, it's not good. I mean, the ultimate uh, result of this is we'll default on our debt. And and once again, we've done that twice uh, since 1930. You know, somewhat counterproductive, and you correct me if I'm wrong, if you inflate your currency, the result is higher prices. Well, why are so many people, especially those that advocate minimum wage, you know, they, they're stating that the cost of living is so high. Right there's your culprit. <laughs> it's the Federal Reserve. It's expansion of our currency. But they Absolutely. they look at the short term is I want this paycheck. Now, multi-trillion dollar question. Who is going to pay for this when and how? Well, we ultimately do as citizens uh, and of the United States of America, you know, uh, and I've already said this, it's going to result in a default on the debt and demise of not only the U.S. dollars, the world reserve currency, this is happening all over the world. So ultimately it will result in a demise of the world's fiat currencies and that's the natural order of things uh every fiat currency uh since the roman empire and perhaps longer than that has uh basically uh inflated itself and 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 resulted in default i just can't tell you when that's going to happen if you, Mickey Fulp, were a member of Congress, what would you recommend as appropriate economic response? Well, I'm going to call that as an inappropriate question because I consider myself an honest and forthright man. <laughs> I, I think we can read between the lines on what the response would be, and I would uh, echo that I second that emotion, sir. You know, I think uh, 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 there's a couple of honest politicians. Uh, uh, Dr. Ron Paul, when he served in the U.S. Congress, and his son, uh, Rand Paul. Those are honest, forthright men that I admire. Mickey, who is ultimately responsible for the decline and degradation of the United States? Well, uh, it's the politicians that we, the people, vote them in. Uh, But most importantly, I think it's the deep state bureaucrats who actually run the government. Uh, They are entrenched in their job for their entire careers, and they answer to no one 
except the ephemeral bosses that are appointed by one set of politicians or the other that we have that we have elected. Switching gears, do you have any buying opportunities at the moment that you would like to share with us? Well, I think it's not too late to buy gold. That's assuming you can find someone who is selling gold and delivering it promptly. And that's a problem right now. Besides gold, are there any other precious metals that would uh, pique your interest at this time or just gold? Just gold for me. Mickey, how does owning physical precious metals fit into today's discussion? Well, Maurice, I think it's the key ingredient in any recipe to ensure financial security for you and yours. May I ask, what are you buying and why? I'm not buying anything this week because gold is up 140 bucks, and it's even more than that with some really huge premiums coming in at this point because of scarcity. Uh, but that said, I talked with Andy last week. That's Andy Sheckman, the president of Miles Franklin Precious Metals Investments. And just a caveat to what you're sharing, I had a discussion with Bob Moriarty recently, and I think he stated anyone who does not own physical precious metals, and I believe he stated gold, is financially mm -hmm. ignorant. Well, I would agree with that take. And and specifically gold, because gold is on, is the only real money. And ladies and gentlemen, we wish to share with you that we are licensed to buy and sell precious metals through Miles Franklin Precious Metals Investments. And yes, we do have gold, <laughs> right? <laughs> My correspondence is displayed here before your screen, and I welcome the opportunity to earn your business. In closing, sir, what keeps you up at night that we don't know about? Uh, right now, I would say it's uh, the Next good novel I'm reading about another dystopian society. <laughs> All right. Mr. Folt, last question. What did I forget to ask? Uh, my website, my Twitter feed, mercenarygeologist.com, and my Twitter feed is at mercenarygeo. Before you make your next bullion purchase, be sure you call me. I'm a licensed representative for Miles Franklin Precious Metals Investments, where we provide a number of options to expand your precious metals portfolio from physical delivery, offshore depositories, precious metal IRAs, and private blockchain distributed ledger technology. Call me directly at 855-505-1900. That number again is 855-505-1900. Or you may email maurice at milesfranklin.com. Dot com. Last but not least, please subscribe to ProvenAndProbable.com for mining insights and bullion sales. Mickey Fope, the mercenary geologist, thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. The information presented on Proven and Probable is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor.